So now people are starting to be comfortable with the conversations and the conversations are always good when people in the conversations can be themselves. So that not knowing. And then once I was able to know changed everything. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we communicate truth to power. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad you're able to join us. This next guest to some needs no introduction, but to others, you will be enlightened by his presence. Ladies and gentlemen, the owner of Gold Mines Media, the co-owner of the Breaks Media Network, and the host of Change the Subject BJ, a.k.a. Dergo, BJ. BJ is his moniker, and this is his revelation. How are... No, 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 no. I'm not going to introduce myself like that to you. No. What up, though? <laughs> what up though <laughs> that was incredible i appreciate that man um just super super excited to to build and you know converse with somebody who i believe is like-minded you know um you don't have to be a whole lot of things but if you like-minded we can definitely talk so um i appreciate you inviting me and having me on this you know platform and we get to finally go into a lot of the, the stuff that I think that we're going to go into with this conversation. So appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate you being on, man. And we, since you're a first-time guest, although you're like a brother of mine, you can go to the refrigerator and get whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, that's love there. That, that's love. <laughs> that's straight-up love, man. Right, right. But since you're a first-time guest on Revelations, I'm going to open this show up with the segment I call Open the Way. Mm-hmm. Since I gave you that introduction, uh, for those who don't know what what up do means, that is an introduction normally normally set aside for those who were born or reside in Detroit. So tell me, how was your life as a youngster in Detroit? Um, My life in Detroit was a learning lesson. Um, You had to you had to learn certain lessons without having experiences because um some neighborhoods were too dangerous to learn the lesson within the danger you had to like learn them from inside being sheltered you had to protect yourself from things you never experienced and what i believe that taught me is how to be intuitive to know how to maneuver even in things that you've never experienced. So um, Detroit was a very interesting place for me to grow up. Um, All of my life has been pretty much 
spent in Detroit. Um, I went to all, you know, Detroit schools. I never really went to um, college outside of Detroit. Everything in my existence comes from Detroit. But now I'm to a point where I think that people can benefit from the Detroit experiences that I've had because people now need to be able to do the same thing, like see the end goals without necessarily seeing the entire process, being able to understand what you feel and seeing the results of your feelings before you even get to the freedom and the, the process of actually experiencing the emancipation of whatever bondages or traumas you face. So like my Detroit perspective that I bring to change the subject is just being able to understand that it's not always what it is. Um, it's a process of becoming. And um, those other shows like Teach Me How to Love You Better are definitely like experiences with women, whether that be your significant other or your family. And, you know, you see There Go Rose, which was originally another show that me and my brother Penrose started some years ago. But it teaches you about like the changes in brotherhoods and how we can grow apart and still grow together and come back together. Like those are things that I think that we use to cultivate content. So Detroit is pretty much written and stamped on everything that I do. So that's pretty much how I opened the way to myself to become the podcaster that you hear and see today. That's what I thought. All right. All right. Well, before I continue onward, uh, if you have to quantify any big lesson that you've learned uh, in your childhood, what's the biggest one? Um, biggest lesson that I learned from childhood is that never let anybody manufacture you to be who to be who they feel or to be who society feels you should be. Um, tell yourself the truth about yourself. Tell yourself the things that you want for yourself, how you want to feel. Um, don't restrict your existence to following traditions and religions and all of these different things because um, the ultimate purpose of life is to be happy. Um, it's not to be rich, not to be wealthy. It's just to be happy. And you'll find that the things that you are being taught on a daily basis by people who don't even know or understand their own existences are trying to cultivate you in the same way. So mm. do whatever it is that you can, even if it's at a young age, find something that helps you cope with the life that you have to live and find a way to be happy in that space until you're able to control your circumstance. Um, we think that a lot of times because we're too young, we can't change anything. No, you're just being disciplined to understand that despite what you're going through, this is what you have to do to find your happiness. That does not mean it's going to always be comfortable. Does not mean it is always going to be in your favor, but that still is your very most important responsibility is to find the gateway to your happiness despite what it is that you're going through and I'm definitely a kid that wasn't a very happy kid all the time and I I didn't realize that it was up to me to find ways to express myself and um being sheltered of course I ended up developing skill sets like drawing writing reading 
um, so many different things. Music was also um, something that I developed in that space of just trying to be happy. And you have to do those things despite your circumstances just to keep yourself sane and that peace within yourself. So don't let anybody manufacture you into what they want you to be because it won't be who you want to be to yourself. So that's what I took from childhood more than anything is to be who you want to be to you and for you. Change the subject host, Dergo BJ's joining me on Revelations and Oh my goodness, man, you make this job so easy for me. Well, you opened the way beautifully, and now we are segueing into the the subject and the segment that I call Bridge to Prosperity. Okay, okay. of the last question that you uh, answered you mentioned something that I uh, that I have noticed but I've heard little about when it comes from you mm-hmm. now you're you're from Motown you still live there now mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned music and so right, of course right. I know there is a huge parallel with Motown and Detroit and music. So, right, right. How was that for you? Not necessarily Motown per se, but just music. Music, um you would think that like there's just this heavy presence of like soul and R&B and um all of these different, you know, elements to music in Michigan as a whole, but I really didn't experience music the way that most people would have. Um, I had to sneak to listen to music growing up. Um, I remember being fascinated with uh, rap early on. And um, naturally, I was like a troublesome kid, you know, not really having outlets. So anytime I would like get my little allowances or I had like a little job that I worked with my uncle and, um, even though the job was a, a a great experience to a degree, it was still me being taken advantage of. So um, I ended up getting paid a little bit of money and I would go buy like tapes and stuff. And every time I bought the tapes, my father would take them from me. And so like music, I really had to sneak. And so because it was so difficult for me to um, listen to rap, I grew an affinity for R&B and gospel but i realized that those two genres were only because i had to settle for them in um the earlier stages of my life because that's all i was permitted to listen to and the blessing in that is because now i can understand feelings as an adult from being isolated from a lot of the things that we believe to be negative that we hear from rap so now even as an adult I find myself going back to a lot of those old classics, picking apart the lyrics. Um, I just asked myself the other day, like just in hearing Tina Turner at random, like what kind of mental health do you have to have in a relationship to call love a secondhand emotion? Like those conversations begin to 
awakened in my spirit and I go back and I think about, well, what are the songs that I listen to that get me over or get me out of a funky mood? And all of these different songs just rain down on me because now I get to listen and feel without being restricted. So like my music experiences really come from having to fight for like some kind of lifeline in these spaces where I felt like I was being marginalized or restricted or even punished. So music was a privilege that now I can enjoy without having the restrictions on it. But it's not like people think where you just ride down the street and see a Cadillac and they playing old school. You know, it's not that it's not that era anymore. It's more or less you hear a lot of rap in the city. Um, there are very, very many artists that are um, like, I guess, celebrities in the neighborhood. So you will hear like neighborhoods playing their local celebrities, but as far as the R&B and the the classic Motown feel, you really don't feel that here. Um, I'm pretty sure we are more experienced in other states and other places, which I hope that eventually that will change over time. But um, my my love for music is most strong when I'm emotive, and that is what I typically go for. So, like, I'm the R&B and gospel guy at heart at this particular moment. I listen to a little rap, little alternative, but those two prominent are um, prominently are my favorites. Mm. Yeah. This is something about, it's something about those art forms, gospel and R and B. I, I I can't put my finger on it either, but it, yeah, it just, it hits me as they say now today in the feels, it just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just for some reason, it's like I, I can hear those certain types of chords and it's like, man, I'm transported into that place. Whereas I don't really feel that type of connection with other music. I can listen to it and enjoy it for sure. But it's just something about definitely R&B and gospel. It's just something about those art forms, which makes me say, OK, I'm about to be taken to an emotional place. I'm about to go on an emotional roller coaster. So right, that, right. That makes sense. And it gives you it gives you a layered perspective because sometimes I know um, I hear things like I'm I'm also the producer um, guy, too. And I, you know, I haven't really discovered the. The way in which I want to reposition myself back into that element, because I realized that a lot of the things that I would play or a lot of things that I would try to create were from like toxic places like those examples of you know certain chords that make you feel certain things I would have those moments where I realized that even in the creation process of music it would take me to dark places so you have to kind of formulate a way to I guess creatively direct yourself so those are the moments when I'll even turn R&B off and I'll say, well, let me listen to James Fortune or let me listen to, you know, John P. Key or some. I mean, we have, you know, gospel legends like the Winans and the Clark sisters. And, right. you know, there's so many places that I can take myself. And it's not to say that, you know, I want to feel, you know, I want to exist all the time in the presence of God. But sometimes I just need a direction away from where my emotions may be taking me and I can hear certain songs and it'll put me in much better mental space. 
you know, because I think that when we associate ourselves with gospel music, we just think church. And that's not always the best way to look at it, because then you'll only expect to listen to these songs at church. You can have a playlist and put gospel on it. I want people to understand that it doesn't have to be restricted to just, you know, the sanctuary. It could be in your personal spaces. Um, I know a lot of people that will have a playlist with rap, gospel, hip hop, like, it's all in how you process your feelings and make yourself aware of what you're feeling. So I have to do that. I have to sometimes shut off everything and just listen to James Cleveland. And if most people that listen to this conversation, if you old enough, you know, James Cleveland, they talking about the girt, the, like the girth of your issues and problems. They talking about the, the old time church, you know, when, those songs help you get through some, you know, some trying and traumatic times. It's not, you know, the gospel song that has a nice beat to it and it makes you feel good. Like these are the things where you really going through something and you need something that that's going to speak to your spirit and say, look, you know, trouble don't last always. So those are the things that like drive me musically and even in my show too, you know, um, I try to incorporate as much spirituality and um, a lot of my life and musical lessons in my show as well. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that actually. I can see that actually. And I mean, you 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 raise a really good point. Uh, one, um, one of my favorites, R and B wise, is Marvin Gaye, and I love his music absolutely a lot. But if you listen to the stuff he wrote. And it's like, oh my gosh, man! It, he was he was going through it, and you can hear it in the music, not the lyrics. I'm just talking about the music. You could hear it in the composition. I'm like, mm-hmm. The choice. Like, um, what? Uh, there's a song, and I may not be quoting the title because I'm a huge Marvin guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first lessons in love I actually got was from one of his songs. I think it was called "Just to Keep You Satisfied." Oh, yeah. And, and he goes, yeah. And he goes and he say, you know, I put up, you know, I put up with all of the jealousy and the too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll forget it all once in bed with you. Right. I did not want to feel like that mm-hmm. ever. I'm like, OK, so you putting up with all of this crap that this woman doing and you feel like you supposed to be gifted by just that. Mm hmm. Like, that's it. That's all it took. Like, okay, you're going to endure this miserable life with this person who is obviously not emotionally connected to what you're trying to convince her you're feeling in this song. Mm -hmm. But everything cool once she give you some. I'm like, nah, that's whack. (laughs) (laughs) But I would listen to the song and I mean, and I mean, it's harmonious. It feels good. It sounds good. And, Mm -hmm. And Marvin was the perfect person to he was that guy that knew how he felt. And even yeah. though he may be saying something conflicting to you, it still made you feel good enough to go sleep with somebody. So you got to be careful with Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Cause I can go through a list of lyrics and you're going to think like, Oh, that's my song. But no, nah, he talking about some trauma and you're going to be confused by how good it sounds and how sultry his voice is. And you're going to go make a decision that's going to alter the rest of your life because it sounded good, but you ain't internalizing the words. 
You know, so man, be careful with Marvin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 100 with you. Man. 100 with you. 100 with you. And yeah, and, and and my wife is my wife is huge in 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 gospel stuff, and she actually was the first person to introduce me to hip hop gospel. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, mommy, my mind was blown when I was first introduced to it. I'm like, oh, wow. A, wow. A, this is great. This is a good beat with a good message to, boot, to, to match. All right. I'm with this. Yeah. 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 It, it, it took me a minute to really, really get into it. And when I did, I mean, I was so blessed to, to receive it. Wow. And this, it's going to be a challenge because um, I only have maybe five or six gospel hip hop artists that I can actually listen to and enjoy because I'm a little bit rooted in Detroit and there's a certain level of aggression that I would expect. And I think that I'm like shortchanging these artists from a fair listen because of it. Mm. Like there's, you know, there's a certain level of reality of my personal reality that I would like to experience just to connect the messages to the songs, to my actual application to my life, you know? And I think that that's the, the way in which I easily miss the messages that are being communicated in a lot of gospel hip hop. So I'm still that person trying to develop a appreciation for gospel rap because I mean, outside of like maybe Lecrae, and um, I listen to, and even though it's not the same parallel, there are moments where uh, Big Crit will still give you a spiritual message, even though the right. rest of the album might be completely left. There are some spiritual songs that I listen to. Like even when I, you know, I just started back trying to get in the gym, I listen to Keep the Devil Off. Like I have to, you know, I have to listen to that at those gym moments because I feel like internally, I have to convince myself to get up and go to the gym when I feel like those negative energies are coming against me in those moments when I know I need to do that. So it's, it's a spiritual growth level and even the music. And I listen to a lot of rap now, but it's like those melodic guys, you know, Anderson Pack and um, people who still kind of carry a certain level of message and it's like I said, you just gotta you gotta adapt to your own circumstances and give these artists the fair shot that they deserve, you know, because there is a lot of good gospel rappers, you know, that exist and they don't get the opportunity to be heard properly because of um whatever your issue is, you know. It's it's a few guys that I can name. Um, Trip Lee is a new guy that I've been introduced to within right. like the last couple of years. Been around a while, but of course. All right. I heard the word producer. So I have two questions for you about that. What is your instrument of choice? And out of the producers that are doing the thing now, which one would you say is the is the, I guess you could say, uh, the most influential to your musical style? Hmm. Um, my musical instrument of choice is the keyboard, the piano. And the musical styling that I believe is the closest resemblance to who I am as a person will probably be 
who who can I say that will fit the full description? Wow. There's so many people that come to mind for different reasons. But if right. I'm going to say one, it'll probably be Pharrell. So you wouldn't consider, well, I wouldn't consider him this either. And how did I figure you were going to say Pharrell? But uh, <laughs> you wouldn't consider yourself a, a minimalist, basically a, a guy that how most people, how most people think of producers today. It's like, okay, you, uh, a software system where you link up a keyboard, you, you hit a couple of, you hit a couple of notes, which is, it sounds okay. You have, you have a, you have your bass, you have your drums. You have your pattern, you have your four measures, you extrapolate it for three minutes, and then you call yourself a producer. I'm not that guy. You strike me as the type that, <laughs> yes, that's what I figured. You strike me as the type that likes to go through chord progressions. You, you, like, mm-hmm. to ha- you like to have intros, you like to have bridges, you like to have pre-choruses, and you want to give, you want to give people the full experience of a song within a song. Yes, sir. That is yes. me. So that's what I thought, which, yep. it, which as a creative, and I, I do write music at times myself as a creative that explains you to a T to me, <laughs> I totally get you now because it makes you make total sense to me. You make total sense to me. media owner breaks media co-owner the host of change the subject there go bj joining me on revelations yeah that last segment yeah uh, it it, it it's shown a huge light on me about you and i i sort of figured that there was a a method to if you want to call it a madness a method Mm -hmm. to the madness that pretty much it describes you to me to a t and uh and in this segment I call this behind the purpose. And in behind the purpose, there's there's layers to why you do what you do. So we talked about music, which it fuels a lot of the production that I hear from you with the shows that you do. Your threesome that you're a part of called the Unruly Creatives. Right, right. Now, I want you to talk to me about how special of a place you have in your heart for whom I call the underground socialite Avery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how huge of a role does Miss People Talk Daily play and how did she play in your development? Um, one of the hugest influences, um, she was around in those early days of me hiding in the background. Um, the very first time I met her was at a, um, we had a party of a sense. Um, there was a ongoing rivalry between, um, some of the Ohio podcasters, you know, just simply for the Ohio state and Michigan games that, um, we used to like go back and forth. And so we created this event and um, Avery just so happens to show up um, to the event. And the very first thing that she said to me when um, I introduced myself to her was you need to speak more. And I tell people this all the time, like the podcaster that you get today 
was challenged by her. She was always the person, you know, in my ear saying like, you have a story. I can tell you have a story. There are certain points where you talk fluent and you're, you're very like open to have a conversation, but then you reached, you know, certain spots in the conversation and all of a sudden you just get quiet. Like you have something that you want to say and you need to talk more. And, um, she did this for years and, um, she bought me on her own, on her own show, soul of a hustler. I did a, um, a show where we talked about the good guy and I didn't have the story that everybody would typically think you would have with being a good guy. Like me being a good guy was a very hard road. That was like the first piece of transparency that you actually got from me. And so um, a lot of opportunities begin to come from just Avery telling people, you know, my little brother, my little brother, my little brother. And, you know, people will come to me and say, Avery told me about you and I really love what you're doing. Keep going. Like all of this stuff that she was bringing to me with just her energy. And it came a point where Avery began to have some issues internally with a lot of the creatives. It's just, it's not what it always appears to be. There's just differences of opinions amongst people. And some of the things, unfortunately, rub me the wrong way because of my heart for Avery as a person. And there was a moment in my fragile um, parts of myself where I had to like record a show to defend her honor because I felt like there were things that were being said about her that weren't necessarily true. And I wanted to represent her in the light that I see her in. So I did a, a show about her and that was another moment for people to say, okay, I'm starting to see who he is. You know, he's protective over the people that he loves and, you know, he's sensitive and, you know, he'll, he can be aggressive. Okay. Let's keep in mind. He is from Detroit and he can be this <laughs> and he can be that. And they begin to see me and now I'm on front street now. You know, and the more and more I get into myself, not realizing it, you know, it became the the way in which I now can comfortably podcast and be fragile and be, you know, wrong and all of these different feelings that come with being on front street and not clam, you know, like clam up or, you know, be uncomfortable. I can tell you where this comes from. Like, I can tell you how I've you know, assess the situation and gotten the answer. And part of it was because Avery told me, if you don't talk, things don't change, you know? So she's huge as far as influence and we're extremely close and I don't have anybody around me that tells me as much as she does. You got to start believing who you are. Like, you don't, like, you're a star. Like, she says this, and it's hard for me to accept it. And she says it all the time, like, you are a star, and you just don't know it yet. And I just, I don't know how to process the things that she tells me, but I keep her around because I know outside of the the compliments, she's going to give me the criticisms, too, and tell me the stuff that I need to hear to keep moving forward with what I'm doing. So, yeah, she's a huge part to not only the, you know, the inner circle that I have, but also the unruly creatives as well. And she, you know, she just 
brings about a certain energy that everybody loves, you know, when she's around. So huge part. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a little bit of it uh, in, in, in the uh, unruly creatives episodes that you normally hear on the awakened soul podcast. And we're going to get right, on right. the CEO Hayes in a sec, but uh, yeah, the, the, the things that I've noticed about how she is with you is it, it totally is a sibling relationship that you two have is that she, she looks at you and she protects you like a sister normally would a brother. And mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful to see that because in, in, in this sphere in which we work, you rarely see that type of uh, love that is shown from one creator to another. And right, right. it's, be- and when you see it, it is beautiful to watch. And I can actually say that that has endeared me, well, endeared me to you, but it also endeared me to her in seeing the reaction, the, the, the relationship that the two of you have. The fact mm-hmm. that she's willing to talk endlessly about how talented you are and to push you to point points and places where you don't think you can go. And on the other end, as you, <laughs> as you've said, uh, in an in an unruly creative episode, you're willing to jump out the window for Ave, as you said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're 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 you know, you, you get you be, you get big brother ish and protective of her too, and I love that. I love seeing people who say, "Look, that's my family. You can't tre- you better tread lightly. You better tread right. And if you don't, yeah, yeah, we got something for you. I love that. I love that, and I hope that continues. Yeah, it's it's actually it gets deeper every time because I'm one of the most insecure creatives you probably will ever meet, though you may, you may not even believe Hmm. that this is even possible. I am one of the most insecure um, creatives ever. And a lot of it comes from just not knowing if my experiences are um, valid in sense of, the communication of it all like um i don't want to be the dysfunctional creative where you kind of just take whatever you feel and just dump it out on people and whatever they take from it is what they take from it and there are moments where people believe me to be very structured and detailed when i know that the conversations for me were confusing i'm just talking it out you know and um it's it's moments where she'll say like that was that was really big of you to do that or that was really important that was a game changer right there because now they're seeing you be vulnerable and it's cool like you didn't sound weak you didn't sound sensitive you just sound like a man trying to figure it out so she always has those moments where she'll just like jump out and say that was good or this is what you need to pay attention to or don't talk to this person because you you don't want to you don't want to be like derailed from the process that you're taking to get to the resolve and sometimes the people that you you know you guest or you have on your platforms will take you away from the process like that's her she's we call her the manager like she's the (laughs) <laughs> the manager, you know, she knows everybody, like everybody knows her, you know, and that's what she's gifted me. She, she does protect me like I protect her and that's our relationship. And, um, we actually have a show coming. Um, I, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but we definitely talk about our relationship and what it feels like to have a sister like her 
in such a huge magnitude that most people don't consider that she can be taken advantage of for who she is. You know what I'm saying? So we had that conversation and that should be coming um, shortly. I just got a long list of stuff in the can and um, it's, it's going to be a few shows before we get to that one, but we just had a conversation about our relationship in so many words and um, it's going to help people to see why it's important to not only protect the leaders, but protect each other too, because we all play a part in why our leaders and some of our followers are who they are. We have to protect each other in whatever regards that we actually mean to one another. So we had that conversation too, because I realized that there was a way that even I, as a brother took advantage of her and we had that conversation, you know? So it gets, it gets deep every time with me, her and Hayes, you know, cause Hayes is a very pivotal part of my growth too. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it is important to have a circle that is willing to protect you. And it's also important for that circle that you are willing to protect them too. And they know it. And if it's an imbalance, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the circle. But if, but if you all on the same page, the circle just grows stronger and it grows more important in, in stature. Yes. It does. Uh, and we're going to get to Hayes in a sec, mm-hmm. but talk me, talk me through about the process to form gold mines media. Goldmines Media is a resource-driven project um, that we that we kind of realized over time that was necessary to create simply because there is no direction for how people want to go about their dreams. And um, one of the things that I found to be difficult in all of the spaces I tried to establish myself as an entrepreneur is there was never a direct way to get to the manufacturers, the distributors, the whatever it was, there was never a direct way to do that. So what I decided to do along with Avery was we would be the catalyst for people who decided that they wanted to do certain things and figure the things out with them so that we can help produce some of the future or potential entrepreneurs that exist within all of us. So um, mining the resources, in a sense, is how we help people create themselves in the positions that they would like to be in. So um, it's a very slow process. We don't really do heavy social media because we really don't have anything as far as like merchandise or any product to distribute. But we try to navigate in the spaces where all of the who's who are. So you may see us at events where the top fashion designers and the independent processes may be. And we get to sit down and have those conversations. And this person will say, okay, well, look up this company called, look up this company called this, look up this. And then we bring it back to the people that we're close to and say, this is what you need to look into. Then we'll go and we'll do a music event okay, well, podcasters want to brand their shows. The easiest way to brand your show um, is not just with the content, but also having a signature to your show. So now we're getting into theme songs and, and drops and all of these different things. And these resources 
can be of use to you when you want to get to that level or position in your creativity. So I point you in the direction of the greatest producers that I know, and you develop a relationship and all of that attention comes back to gold mines because you'll say, if you're looking for something, these are the people that will help you find it. So that's the idea for gold mines media. And it's going to be incorporated through the breaks media because the breaks media as a unit does need resources too. So we're going to kind of like brother and sister together to figure out the way in which we can develop a more conducive and cohesive unit to help everybody. And it's been going pretty good so far. You segue me beautifully. Uh, so from what I can ascertain, you and Avery had this, this wonderful uh, asset, Gold Minds Media, mm-hmm. and you two put your brilliant minds together and you met this bearded gentleman from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> so, yes, <sir. laughs> so, t- yes, so, so tell me, how did the Breaks Media become not just, oh, I should say, not just something that you would consider a loose partnership, but a strong affiliated partnership? to where now you're a co-owner of it and explain to me the brotherhood that you have with Hayes. Now Hayes was a little bit different as far as like the relationship development, because from the outside looking in his reputation got to me before his content. Right. So I would see in the social spaces, how um, much attention he was getting because he was the newest and fresh face on the scene, um, the women found him attractive. Um, I kind of, you know, <laughs> didn't, I didn't really know how to gauge him as a man, you know, in any form of business. So what ended up happening was um, he reached out. We had a conversation on um, Twitter. And from there, it was like, okay, I'm coming up to meet you. Like, we can talk on the you know, the phone and everything else. But like, I need to see you face to face. We need to have a conversation. We begin to talk. And I think when I drove up to Columbus, we really got to see like the genuine aspects of who we were as men before we even decided to be cool or anything. And so that was the first initial um, gesture that was made. I'm pulling up. Then it got to a point where Now we're communicating and now we feel a certain level of comfort in knowing that this brother is like-minded. So now I'm digging into a show and I'm like, well, damn, like he's doing all of the things that I ultimately want to do in my own show. So now we are like throwing back ideas with each other. And um, the, the two instances that you actually get to hear us on the same show together on my platform are just two of the many conversations that me and him have had where we realize like our everyday talk life is content, you know? So I didn't really focus as much on the show aspect of things because I felt like the brotherhood was naturally genuine. And then I began to realize that I have really benefited from this guy being around me. Um, We have a certain level of brotherhood where, we don't talk for a few days and it's like, Hey, mental health checkup. What's up with you? Where are you at? How you feel? What you going through? We don't have to have a conversation, but I still need to know that your mental health is in the same condition. It was the last time I spoke to you. 
like that level of brotherhood where you can call your brother and pray on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have just the, Oh, I've been knowing him for six months. That's my dog mentality. No, we built a foundation for our friendship and our brotherhood to stand on so that even if business just totally removed itself from my relationship, that's going to still be my brother. And I don't have that many male counterparts of any kind that I can say stands in the stead of CEO Hayes. Like that's my for real brother. Like I have a relationship that supersedes my own blood relatives. And I don't think people really understand like the idea of why we stick so close together and why we protect each other. And you see us moving around together. There's not a moment where you can see him and not see me somewhere in the midst of anything that he's doing because we've we've developed an understanding that we are one of a kind to each other and you have to put priority on those relationships so i protect him like i protect avery you know because had not it been for him i would have never tried to be responsible for other people the way that i was probably ordained to be from the very beginning because he asked me I need you to help me take on this responsibility and take on this partnership and help me steer these creatives and the directions that they would need and help me find the resources for these creatives so that we can build a bigger brand, bigger opportunities and show that we can actually do something as black men together. And we also bring in a black woman who is at the forefront of us too, because Avery stands in front of us. Like we're showing the way. You know what I'm saying? So like that relationship, I can't really tell you in a small amount of words, like what that guy means to me, but you get who you get from BJ because of Avery and Hayes. Well, partially because of Avery and Hayes, a huge part of it, but you get my point. Goldmines Media owner, the Breaks Media co-owner, and the host of Change the Subject and co-host of Dergo Rosé. Dergo BJ is this week's guest on Revelations. And my man, you have hit us with nugget after nugget. Uh, I really do appreciate you here. And uh, I normally bring it home with a subject uh, with a segment called uh, Bring to Light. But I'm going to do it a little different. I'm going to bring it home with a segment that I call Just Our Thoughts. Why change the subject and the offshoot teach me how to love you better? Uh, Change the subject is... My way of saying that um, if you're anything like me, you get tired of talking about the same things. And um, that's one of the major reasons why I, for a second, began to doubt my potential in this space, because there was a point where everybody were kind of talking about the same issues and pop culture and the 
the I guess the potential of the content was dwindling because it's like you don't want to listen to the other five shows that you probably enjoy simply because you've heard the conversations on the three shows you already listened to. So um, change the subject was my way of um, kind of creating a space and allotting me the opportunity to touch on things that people don't normally talk about. But teach me how to love you better was a pivotal point in my manhood where I was tired of feminine energy. And part of this reason is because there are very few men around me, even in my family sector. Um, I don't have very very many men in my family life. I don't have any childhood homeboys from, you know, the old hoods or nothing. So I always had a bunch of women. And even to this day, there are a bunch of women around me and there was a point where I got tired of feminine energy and somehow some way in the moments of feeling what I was feeling I was also feeling guilt because I knew that these women needed me for as much as they were depending on me so I had to learn myself and in that process I had to say to myself okay part of you are these women that depend on you so teach me how to love you better. Not only is that a message to the women, it's ultimately, it's ultimately a message to me too. Teach me how to love myself better. And we all listen to each other speak. We don't interrupt each other in this space. We give people the opportunities to get their, their, their vulgar, profane, their most bitter feelings, sometimes their most positive feelings out. And we allow this space to be comfortable for everybody involved and you get to actually witness a man and a woman talk in a peaceful dialogue, even if it's controversial or it's a conflict to what you may be going through or experiencing in your own space. And we kind of give a dialogue and a dictatorship that is positive for relationships going forward. So this space um, has been a tremendous help because it's also teaching women how there aren't many men that you can depend on in this space that are going to always understand, but there is at least one and start with that one and build on the support system that you need. And um, positivity is pretty much the motivator behind everything that I'm doing, because I just want to be of some type of help. I'm not trying to make you feel like I know it all because I don't, I just know how to make sense of what I've gone through and share those senses with you. So that's the, I guess the ideals behind the two platforms that you primarily hear me on is those um, of change the subject and teach me how to love you better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's something that I've always wanted to ask you in all of these spaces. Now, the one thing that I have noticed is that you, you get energy out of conversation. How did conversation become such a huge point of emphasis for you? Mm. Well, I think being tired of not having the answers was the catalyst for it. The priority that was placed on it is once I was able to get some of those answers, finally, um, it just encouraged me to just keep talking. You, you'll get to a point in and maybe this is just me. So I'll just say I got to a point where um, 
ignorance was not a comfort zone anymore. Sometimes when you when you don't know, mm-hmm. that gives you the alibi. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know, and you just let that move on and it moves on to become a problem for somebody else. But there was a point where those problems that became issues for other people would always circle back around to me. And it goes around in this cycle and you still don't know. And it's like, okay, apparently you have to deal with this. You have to figure it out. And me not knowing wasn't the fact that I wasn't capable of attaining the answers. It was just that I didn't really feel like dealing with it. So that's why I kept coming around and I would end up finding out that, okay, you scared to admit that whether you don't want to know or you don't know, you don't want to look stupid in front of nobody. You don't want to look like, Mm. you know, you want to be to a certain maturity because of a certain age. And because you don't know, you'll just settle for it because you feel like you too old not to know it began to like show your insecurities to you. So now the conversations are just like, okay, well, this is what my experiences were like when I was trying to find love, or this is what my experiences were like when I was trying to find myself within a relationship or whatever it was. I presented it as if it was a story I'm telling versus a problem I'm talking about. And then the conversations will bring about the answers to where I can still somewhat hide myself and maintain my dignity without telling you, oh, I was just stupid and didn't want to figure it out, or I was just, you know, being lazy, I was able to figure it out. And then the more conversations I would have, I realized that it's cool to not know. So then I began to say, okay, well, this is what I was going through. This is how I handled it. And it was probably ridiculous, but this is what I did. And so now people relate because now they can say, okay, well, he don't sound like a person that knows it all. He's telling you, I just chose not to know, or I just was ignorant. So now people are starting to be comfortable with the conversations and the conversations are always good when people in the conversations can be themselves. So that not knowing. And then once I was able to know changed everything. about does it for revelations i am so glad that you were able to join me uh but before i go of course the last segment is called plug tuning and in honor of de la soul uh (laughs) bj where can the people find you you can find me at there go bj on twitter that is d-e-r-g-o-b-j on twitter my show page that pretty much houses all of my content can be found at the subject change. Um, that's only on Instagram. I do have an email that I use, which is changed subject C H A N G E D subject at Gmail. Um, any type of comments, questions, responses, inquiries about any of the shows, you can definitely um, send me an email there. Um, I'm very receptive to the public. So if any type of collaborations, networking opportunities you guys would like for me to either be a part of or to help you in regards to growing, please hit me up. Those three forms of uh, contact are pretty much how I communicate 
in any sector in podcasting. So just hit me up and um, let's do what we came to do as far as like putting out positivity and great content. I'm here for all of it. So those are my three. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, owner, host, producer, audio and music producer, Mm. (laughs) BJ of There Go (laughs) BJ. Uh, Man, it was a pleasure. And thank you so very much. Oh, man, anytime, man. I really enjoy um, just our conversations, period. Um, I, I really hope that this, you know, relationship goes a lot further because, you are one of those men that I believe, you know, is to be like-minded, have the same core and integrity and morale. So um, thank you so much for having me on your platform and thinking of me to invite me on as a guest. I definitely got to get you on mine at some point because I think that we can have just as much of a great dialogue in my realm of creativity too. So um, you're going to see a lot more of us, period, you know. Well, you heard it. (laughs) You heard it from the man that I called the greatest content creator going today. You heard it from his lips. And, right, man. and, and I believe it's going to happen. Thank you. It man. is. It is. I appreciate you, man. many people can you actually say when you meet them that they just simply take off all airs all appearances of representations and they represent themselves in other words in other vernacular how many times do you meet up with a real person and yeah i know you meet up with people every day but i mean a person who is unafraid to be him or herself at all times whether it's good or bad, whether they're upset or jovial or all points in between, you see their humanity right in front of you and they are unapologetically honest with who they are as a human being. Well, when you're in the presence of BJ, that's the energy that I've always received from him, that you simply have to be yourself and you have to be the best of yourself as you possibly can. The word says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. With BJ, he gets you in the mode of being so comfortable with who you are that you almost have no other alternative but to share yourself with him so that you actually can feel that vibe, that warmth, that love that he actually does have. And you match that. That is exactly what happened to me many thanks to bj and you can catch him on the brace media network gold mines media and change the subject and all of that information will be in the show notes for changing the world one conversation at a time i am cole johnson and this has been revelations For more on Revelations, go to Pippa, spelled P-I-P-P-A, dot I-O, and all podcast directories. Music by Lakey Inspire.